Shall we look to the scriptures? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Amen. Hallelujah. If you are there, say amen. All right. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. We pray that you would release grace and anointing that will make the proclamation of God's word effective. To Christ be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Apostle Paul, as he concludes this part here, he calls them, my dear beloved brethren. And the version goes like this, with all this going for us, my dear, dear friends. Praise the Lord. As Paul writes the epistle, there are times where he uses tough language. There are times when he is hard. But here we see that he uses the words, my dear friends, my beloved friends. Praise the Lord. In ministry, in preaching, in teaching, in serving. Praise the Lord. There are occasions where hard stand needs to be taken. Praise God. There are occasions when hard languages are used. But Paul, he truly loves the people, and as he concludes this part, he says, you are still my beloved. Praise the Lord. Have you ever come across people who have used hard language against you, taken hard stands against us? What kind of a mindset and attitude we develop when they do so? Praise the Lord. Paul, as he's concluding, is saying, you are still beloved to me. Praise the Lord. Ever heard a father scold his child? Ever, have, ever seen a mother spank the children, even though at that particular point it, it seems to be kind of hard, it comes from a heart that is full of love. Praise the Lord. As children of God, as we live in this world, God has placed authority over our lives. Whether it's in your home, whether it's at your workplace or church, God has placed people over us. And in, if it is in ministry, there will be time where 
someone will have to correct us when we do that. What is our mindset towards them? Praise the Lord. Paul, knowing that he had used hard language, he's saying that you are still beloved to me. Praise the Lord. Look around. Look around. People are sitting around you. You might see Sunday school teachers. You might see youth leaders. You might see ministers, elders, who have spoken over your lives. And at times, even questioned your conduct. Praise the Lord. When someone does question your Christian conduct, that's not befitting the conduct and the character of a child of God, someone might dare to question you. When that happens, we also need to be mature to know, praise the Lord, that it is coming from someone who cares for us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Correction is part of ministry. Praise the Lord. So if someone corrects you, don't be offended. Praise the Lord. It's okay to feel a little off, but sit and consider your ways and correct yourself. That is where God's blessings flows into our lives. Paul is calling them beloved because they are beloved to him. Praise the Lord. Look what Paul is telling these people. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable. Praise the Lord. Be steadfast and be immovable. Praise God. Meaning, Firmly established, unwavering, be strong, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Brother Ranjit, can you please come up? Come on. Come stand, take a stand right here. Thank you, I have the freedom to call you, that's why I called you. Uh, this is not pre-planned or anything. So be firm, be steadfast, immovable, praise the Lord. Now, just imagine he's standing here, and the instruction that is giving, uh, given is be firm, immovable. And someone is pushing him. I'm using all my mind to push, but he is standing steady. Immovable. Now, it's not only push. Someone can actually pull him also. Pull, pull. But he's steadfast, immovable. Praise the Lord. Now, as a, for a Christian, there might be pressure that is applied from external. And there might be something pulling them away from their stand. Or... There is something else also. We, in our stand, we can be allured. Allured by worldliness. Allured by temptations. Allured by the things of the world, which is constantly trying to move us from the stand that we have taken. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, this is not 
just the externals. There could be ideologies. There could be heresies. There could be wrong teachings that can derail us, sidetrack us from where God has placed us and what God wants to do in our lives. So the first thing here, as he's concluding, Paul is telling the Corinthians, be steadfast, immovable. Praise the Lord. Now, in the context, what does it imply? Praise the Lord. Do not be moved from what? Praise the Lord. It's implying many things. Praise the Lord. One, moved from the hope of the resurrection of the dead. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You have a hope of the resurrection of dead, which is directly linked to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul is telling the Corinthians, make sure that no one, praise God, moves you by wrong teachings of the word. It implies being moved from Christian teaching and conduct. Praise the Lord. Both is equally important. Praise the Lord. The teaching aspect and the conduct aspect. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Both are equally important. And Paul is saying, let no one move you. Hold fast to the ground that you are standing. Praise the Lord. It implies being moved from the will of God. Praise the Lord. Guys, you and I have to understand the will of God and be sold out for the will of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There will be external pressures. There will be allurements and temptations that come our way that will, that will make us to move from what God wants to do in and through our lives. When that happens, stand firm, immovable. Praise the Lord. It implies being moved from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul, as you read chapter 15, he says, he says, you guys were saved because I preached the gospel and you believed in the gospel that I preached. What is the gospel? That Jesus came, he lived on this earth, took my sins upon himself. According to the scripture, he died, was buried. On the third day, he was resurrected from the dead. You believe that gospel and you are saved. Now don't let anyone else come and tell you otherwise. Therefore, stand firm, immovable. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It implies being moved from their faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So Paul is saying, no matter what happens, don't you be moved, praise the Lord, from what you believe in. Believe in Jesus Christ, praise the Lord as your Savior, as the one who overcame sin and death. Praise the Lord. He's a victorious Savior. Do not move from the gospel that you heard. Do not move from the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Since 
Paul is saying since their resurrection is sure, then they have to make sure that they stand firm in what they believe. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, Paul uses the word therefore, meaning what he talked before that particular part. There's a lot of stuff that Paul is talking about. We'll touch a few things. Now, before we move in there, we need to ask ourselves, are you living in a fantasy world? Are you living in a bubble? Meaning what? You know, when Paul says, therefore, one of the things that he is addressing is the resurrection of the dead. Because different theories and wrong teachings had come over. And Paul is saying, don't be moved by, swayed by those things. You stand firm in what has been preached to you. Praise the Lord. Now, as children of God, we need to know that two things are bound to happen. Praise the Lord. Two things are bound to happen. One is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever considered this? That one of these days, the Lord will break into our lives, shattering our schedules, all the plannings that we have done, praise the Lord, and the church is going to be raptured. Praise the Lord. Meaning, we are going to defy gravity and we are going to zoom through the space. Praise God. We would not need Mr. Bezos' uh, blue origin. Praise our capsule to take us there. Praise God. Jesus, when he comes, we will zoom through this space and we will meet him there. That's bound to happen. Now, if that is bound to happen, but you and I have to make sure that we are what? Ready for it. We are prepared for it. We are living our life the way that pleases him. So that when he comes, you and I will be found. That's one that we all should be aware of, be prepared. The other thing is equally important. Praise the Lord. If the first one is the Lord coming for us so that we all can go together. The second one is God can call each one of us individually, separately, in his own time, back home. Call it the recall. You know, have you ever thought about that? You know, in this busy world, no one has time to think about it. Praise the Lord. We are smart, of course. We have life insurance. We have this insurance, that insurance. All those things are good. It's good for the loved ones that are left behind. But the question is, the foremost important thing is, where would we spend our eternity? We don't know how long God has given for each and every one of us to live on the face of the earth. Don't live carelessly, thinking you have all the time in the world. You don't know how much time each of us have, but the Lord knows. Praise God. When he calls, no one can say, I am not coming. Praise the Lord. When he calls, we have to live. But what is going to happen to us? Praise the Lord. Where are we going to spend our eternity? Do you have 
a hope of resurrection in your life? Have you ever considered, praise God, what God's plan for our lives are? Praise the Lord. Quite often, these are hard things, and we don't want to think about it. We don't want to consider it. We don't even want to plan it. But as a child of God, God wants us to be people who live in the light of reality. He wants us to live in the light of eternity. Praise the Lord. Living in the light of eternity is absolutely important. Praise God. Life doesn't end with the 80 years, the 100 years on the face of the earth. What after that is something that everyone needs to consider. Now, I know I am addressing a crowd that is of different age group. Praise the Lord. Let me ask you, add 100 years to your age. Now, if you are 10 years old, add 100. If you are 40 years old, add 100. If you are 50 years old, add 100. If you are 60 years old, add 100. If you are 70, add 100. Did you do it? If you did, say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Some did, some don't. We don't even want to add. But once you add, ask yourself, where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? When you say, Sunday morning, pastor, is this what you're preaching? Yes. Because it is a job. It is, it is a job of the preacher to prepare you for here and there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Where are you going to be 100 years from now? Well, if you are feeling secure in what God has done for you, if your eternity is locked with Jesus, if you have the assurance that you're truly saved, Jesus has redeemed me, I can tell you, not 100 thousands of years from now, where are you going to be? You're going to be with Jesus. Praise God. Before you step out of this place, you need to have the assurance of the fact. You need to have an assurance. As a Christian, you need to have the assurance where you're going to be. Praise the Lord. Your last breath on the face of the earth will be your first breath in the presence of Jesus. That's praise God. I don't know about you, but that's comforting. You need to know where you're going to go. As far as this Corinthians were concerned, do you know why Paul is saying, Paul is saying, you know, be steadfast, be immovable. I mean, all these things would make you feel good. Yeah, be strong. Yeah, yeah. You know, we say, we tell people, be strong, be steadfast. Yeah. But what is the context? The context is in verse 35. These guys had two questions. Do you know what their two questions were? This is what their two questions are. Number one, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? Have you ever thought about it? Who has time to think about these things? These guys were, you know, they were really thinking about these things. You know, 
How are the dead raised? What kind of body do they come? And so Paul is answering their question in the reverse order. Check how he's answering. He first answers their second question, and then he answers their first question. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, like most, no, most Corinthians, most of the time people take life, they don't take life seriously. They think that, you know, life is just a time you do whatever you want and, you know, each day pass by and... No, that's not how it is. We have to live in the light of reality. On this earth, now, we are not meant to live forever. Praise the Lord. There is a time whether the Lord is going to come or we're going to be called. And so, we have to be prepared for both. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Paul reminds us, his readers, and anyone else, that our lives today are conditioned, should be conditioned by eternal hope in and through Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Quite often when people are going through hardships and difficulties, they hold on to the hope. But when everything is working fine for them, they have no time to think about anything about Jesus. You and I ought to be different. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We must always look at things through the lens of eternity. All our life activities and all of life's perceptions and outlook will change when we look at things from the lens of eternity. Praise the Lord. Look, the question in verse 35. How are the dead raised? With what kind of a body do they come? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. These people who had put these doubts, they had denied the resurrection of body for two reasons. Number one, their philosophy taught, taught them that body was evil and only spirit was good. Therefore, they didn't want a body in eternity. That was one reason that they were questioning it. They considered resurrection impossible. But Paul is drawing their attention back to Jesus. Praise the Lord. And he's connecting their resurrection to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If Jesus was not raised from the dead, then all these things is just simply hoopla. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But if Jesus is raised from the dead and we trust in him, our faith in him, then what is the Bible saying? That if any one of us were to die, we have the hope of eternal. Praise the Lord. The hope of resurrection. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So now the question is, if resurrection is possible, what will the resurrection body be like? Paul uses three illustrations. Verse 36 to 41, we will see that, okay? The first illustration he's using is the seed and the plant. So he's using the seed and the plant. He's taking the seed. Think about a grain, a wheat grain. You might have seen a wheat grain, okay? And then he is talking about the plant. The seed must die to grow into a plant. Praise the Lord. The seed 
determines the plant's body. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our earthly body, this body, is a seed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As the plant is more than the seed, the resurrection body is going to be greater than the earthly body. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, isn't that beautiful? Praise the Lord. The seed that is planted determines the plant that it will grow. You can plant beans and expect corn to come out. Praise the Lord. Likewise, when someone passes away, you cannot think that you can, you can plant that body, a non-Christian, into the soil and hope for a Christian to rise up. Praise the Lord. Unless a person lives for Jesus, he cannot die in Christ. Praise the Lord. It's those who die in Christ, they are the ones who will be resurrected. Praise the Lord. Don't be conned into believing that everyone is going to be raised. Yes, everybody will be raised, but that raising up is the final judgment. As a child of God, if we live right, praise the Lord, if we live in the light of eternity, if we hold fast to the hope that Jesus has given, if you hold fast to the word of God, to the faith in Christ, praise the Lord, then your eternity is secure and it is locked in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. The second illustration that Paul uses is flesh and animals. He's bringing, there is a difference in the flesh of men, animals, and birds. God created everything to fit into its environment. Praise the Lord. The fish has a different body because it has to survive in the water, in the ocean. Praise the Lord. Birds have different kinds of bodies because it has to fly in the atmosphere. Praise God. Hallelujah. Each body is different. In other words, what Paul is saying is there is an earthly body and there is a spiritual heavenly body. There's a natural body and there is a spiritual body. This earthly body is fit to live on the face of the earth. But if we have to inherit the kingdom of God, you cannot use this body. Praise the Lord. Like a person going into the space, he needs a space suit to survive in the space. We might have seen the space station, you know, and we see the men and the women there, how they are attired with space suit because that is what they need to survive there. Likewise, God has prepared a special, unique body that will help us to, to, to remain, praise the Lord, in eternity with Him. Praise the Lord. Our resurrection body will fit our eternal state. This is what Paul is saying. Now, the next thing that Paul says is, there is the sun, the moon, and all the stars. They all have celestial glory. Praise the Lord. They all are different, and each star, each body, have its own what? Its own intensity of 
light. Praise the Lord. In our glorified state, we will all retain our individuality. At the same time, we also should not forget, just like those bodies have their own glow to it, we're going to have, praise God, our own unique intensified glory. Praise the Lord. Meaning what? There will be difference in our glory. Praise the Lord. Yes, at that time, nobody can cry out foul. Nobody can say that God is partial. So what is Paul saying? Right now, here, praise God. Do not be moved. Be steadfast. Praise God. Because one, there is a resurrection. Praise the Lord. There is a resurrection body. Number three, praise the Lord. The glory, the intensity of glory will differ from person to person. Praise the Lord. Amen. I don't know. That excites me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Every one of us will have different intensity of glory. Praise the Lord. Just like you look into the, into the night, into the skies, you see stars. Some are glowing. Some have dim lights. Praise the Lord. Likewise, in eternity, we will glow. Praise the Lord. But the intensity of glow will be different. Praise the Lord. Want to raise the intensity of your glow? No makeup is going to work there. But today, if you do something, you can glow in eternity forever. Praise God. Salvation is free. Jesus paid it all. Gray granted me entrance into his presence. But let me tell you, God has a very unique reward system. And that reward system is directly connected to what you and I do right now, right here. Praise God. It has been given to you. It is in your hands. Praise the Lord. The, excuse me. The button of intensity is in your hands. You can raise it or you can ignore it. If you ignore it, it will affect the glow. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But you have the power to rise the intensity of your glow. Praise the Lord. Now, how is that possible? Praise the Lord. Is that possible? Yes, look what Paul is saying. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. In other words, don't let anyone discourage you. Don't let anyone dissuade you. Don't let anyone push you away from your destiny. Don't let anyone con you away from what God wants to do in and through your life. Always abound in the work of the Lord, meaning always overflow in the work of the Lord. 
totally be sold out for what you're going to be doing for the Lord. Praise the Lord. Go all the way. Praise the Lord. If you're doing something for the Lord, go all the way. Meaning, put all your heart into it. Praise the Lord. Put your energy into it. Put every ounce of your strength into it. Put your mind into it. Praise God. Strive for excellence. Abound in the work of the Lord. Praise God. Let me ask you, are you part of the work of the Lord? Saved, are you happy you're saved? Praise God, I'm happy you're saved. But don't be content with that. Because what eternity is forever. Guys, in this earth, we might get a fair shot or we might not get a fair shot. The world that we live in is not fair. Nobody plays, everybody, everybody doesn't play by the rules. So you might get sidestepped, you might be, get stepped over, you might get ignored here. All these things are possible in this fallen world. Don't be sitting and grappling over it all the time. Instead, use the lens of eternity. And you tell yourself this morning, praise God, no matter what happens here, I'm getting ready for that place. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to be steadfast in what I believe about Jesus. Praise God. No one is not going to move me. No ideology. No heresy. Praise God. No wrong teaching. No allurements. No temptation. No pressure is going to push me aside from what God wants to do. But I'm going to be on track. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to be prepared for my destiny because God has assured that to me through the finished work on the cross of Calvary. I believe in him. Praise God. Hallelujah. The question is, are you in the work of the Lord? If we have to abound in the work of the Lord, we got to put ourselves in the work of the Lord. You can't abound in the work of the Lord unless and until you start doing something. Ask yourself, would you classify yourself, not someone else, would you classify yourself as one who is in the work of the Lord? Now, you don't have to be a pastor or a prophet or an apostle to be in the work of the Lord. Everyone has been called in the work of the Lord. The question is, have you initiated it? Are you doing something for the Lord? Praise the Lord. If not, would you make a commitment today to do something for the Lord? And if you are doing something for the Lord, Paul is admonishing. He's saying what? Abound in the work of the Lord. Excel in the work of the Lord. Give yourself wholly into the work of the Lord. Why? Because you know, sometimes these thoughts can creep into our life saying that, eh, I think this is all just a waste of time. Paul is saying, remember, 
your labor in the Lord is not in vain. In other words, anything that you do for him, if one sweat, one sweat, of, one drop of sweat has come down through your brows for Jesus, it will be accounted up there. Uh-huh, yes. Praise God. If you're expanding your energy, if you're stretching yourself for Jesus, if you're expanding yourself for Jesus in your work, in your worship, in your love, in your labor, praise God, in your work for the Lord Jesus, hallelujah, give yourself 100% for Him. Why? He's saying, because your labor is not in vain. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Sometimes we can feel tired, discouraged. We want to throw in the towel and say, this is useless. You know, all this time that I spent, all this energy that I gave, all this time that I gave, everything is for nothing. We might think like that. But the Holy Spirit is telling us, no, don't think like that. Your labor in the Lord is not in way. It counts. Tell your neighbor, it counts. Tell your neighbor, it counts. Praise God. It counts. It counts. It counts. It matters. Praise God. Heaven has a tally book updated, man. Praise God. It's updated. Hallelujah. You know, Paul, when you read chapter 15, he says, he doesn't just simply say, you know, abound in the work of the Lord. He's saying, guys, I have labored more than all of you did. Ha! Huh. Wow. This guy took so much beating, so much persecution. So much pressure from inside and outside. He's saying, I labored more than anyone else, any of you. And I'm telling you, abound in the work of the Lord. But he says one more thing there when he says that. He says, I have labored more than all of you. And then he says this beautifully, he says, yet not me. But the grace of God. Ah, praise God. What a mindset. On one side he's saying, I have labored more than any one of you. On the other side he's saying, but guys, it's not me. It's the grace in me. Praise God. Grace. It puts me on a level field. Praise God. When I look to Jesus, I realize one thing, that I'm saved by grace. I am redeemed by grace, but grace also does a number on me. Grace also reforms me. Praise God. When I got saved, Jesus gave me a fresh start. He gave me a fresh start not to remain as I am. Praise God. 
day after day, I go from victory to victory, from grace to grace, from glory to glory, from power to power. Praise God. There is a change. I'm moving into a higher dimension because the grace is working in me. Praise God. It gives me the energy. It gives me the drive. It gives me the motivation to press in. Praise God. When everybody is talking trash, when everybody is trying to put me down, when everybody wants to sidestep me, when everybody wants to step all over me, praise God. Grace equips me. Grace enables me. Grace empowers me. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's beautiful, isn't it? He says, not me, but grace. But grace. Hallelujah. So what do I do? When I realize my labor is not in vain, what do I do? I excel. I abound in the work of the Lord. All eyes closed. Let's look to Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's something in the house of the Lord that wants to throw in the towel and call it quits. Don't call it quits. Remember, your labor is not in vain. Praise God. Don't let trash talk sidetrack you. Stand firm in your faith in Jesus. Stand firm in your trust in Jesus. Stand firm in the finished work of the cross of Jesus. Jesus is coming. He's coming to gather his saints. Praise God. You never know when he's going to break in. Praise God. The greatest event that's going to take place. The rapture of the church. My friend, are you ready for it? If Jesus were to come today, tomorrow, a week from now, are you ready? Or if we were to give a call, an individual, a personal call, calling you back, are you ready? How are you using your time today? You know, God has a reward system that's unique. It's going to last for all eternity. You and I are going to shine like stars. There's going to be a difference in the degree of intensity. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Every second that you have here is precious. Do your best for Jesus. Go all the 
way for Jesus. Abound in the work of the Lord. As we sing, make a personal commitment to the Lord. Lord, I'm going to use everything that I have. Everything that I have for your glory. And I will abound in the work of the Lord. Amen.